1: rocks across the pond it's a curling podcast coming to you from richmond virginia my name is ryan mcgee and joining me in southampton england is our professor of peel jonathan havercroft jonathan do you want to do like some off-topic banter or do you want to just go like straight into curling stuff
0: I, i was told that people hate the banter so let's go cut right to the chase
1: they hate the banter. Okay. Can I go on a rant before we yeah, talk Yeah, rant. Yeah. All right. Um my family, my wife and I survived the worst weekend of the year, which is the weekend that we turn the clocks back.
0: Yeah, I I am I have a rant about this too.
1: Okay. Can I I,
0: I have my my proposal is very radical.
1: Would it Okay.
0: It is, basically, there should only be one time zone for all of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a global planet now. It's just, you know, we've got globalization. You can communicate with anyone on the planet instantaneously, just one time zone.
1: Is it Russia that has only one time zone?
0: China only has one time zone.
1: China only has one time zone. Uh, we could set Didn't they try time. that in the U.S.? And it's like... I don't know no. something to do with something to do with trains. Trains are the reason that we have time zones.
0: So the so they used to set the clock to in the U.S. to what the time noon was always set to like what the time was overhead, mm-hmm. and then with the train schedule that wouldn't make any sense. So they created a set of time zones. I think it was the okay. U.S. Maybe okay. I don't know. Someone could message us in and tell us we're wrong. Anyway, But anyway, I am against time changes and against time zones.
1: So I used to love fallback. Because you get an extra hour of sleep. Uh, Now that I am a father, the fallback uh, Sunday is basically happy your kids get up at 4.45 a.m. day.
0: I don't have kids. I still keep waking up at whatever time I woke up at before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yesterday I was awake for a long time. Neither child napped. It was not great. I took a melatonin at 9 p.m. and went to sleep. That's good. But I feel good today, but I survived the day from hell because the fallback is absolutely atrocious if you have small children.
0: Yeah, I imagine. Sorry, dude.
1: Yep, but we survived. Everything's going fairly well. Our littlest one has moved out of our room and into his own room. He's six months old. He's given us, he's letting us sleep a little bit now. Good. Life's pretty good. That's I want to hear about, and we can transition to curling by, uh, I want to hear about your life and your experience and how the world mixed was.
0: My life? I don't know. I answered a lot of emails today. <laughs> That's my life right now. Uh, world mix was good. It was fun. I mean, uh it's a cool event to be a part of. Um, what, what do you want to know about it?
1: What was your favorite? Th- so this is the same question that I ask my three-year-old every night before bed. What was your favorite thing? Uh,
0: all right. My favorite moment actually was the closing banquet. And uh, so so Team Canada won. Jean-Michel Menard went, won the, uh, was the skip. Uh, and he Did you gave, get to talk to him? Not, not really. Like... We played beside him a few times, but like everyone's just doing their own thing, right? Um, but like honestly, uh, he gave the best victory speech I've ever heard at a curling event. Like, he okay, I kind of spoke straight from the heart, and it was I can't quite recreate it. It was maybe five, ten minutes, and it was just like he basically talked about his career in curling. How he'd lost the world championship back in two thousand six, and that he'd gone back to the Briar several times afterwards, but the Briar is so deep he couldn't get out of Canada again. And how he'd basically stepped away in twenty eighteen, and then formed a mixed team with his wife and and some curling friends. Like everyone said, is also like a very good curler too, his Vice. Mm-hmm. So uh, like it's it's good curling friends. So <laughs> not a bad team, obviously. But still, and he, he was made it clear it was kind of more social, still competitive, but still social. And then talked about like how special it was that that team and this event gave him a second chance to win a world championship medal. But then he also talked about how much he loved the event. And I think he, I think he closed like, I think I'm going to paraphrase him here, but he closed by saying that the world next is curling's best kept secret. Oh, and I think that's so too. I think it is too. Like we, we had a good chat, you know, it's still social. Like every team after the game, sits down and has a drink. Whether, depending on the time of day, it might be alcoholic. It might not be, but it's still kind of old school. Um, at, at any WCF event, or at least the ones I've been to, you're supposed to exchange pins and banners from your association. But I think at the mixed, at least, there's also kind of a custom of giving a gift. So we gave like gin bottles because we're from England. <laughs> we we drew well, I got to say. because. <laughs> Austria and that's like fantastic chocolates for those countries so you know oh nice uh that was really cool um I don't know. I mean the whole event's cool right and it's like I remember talking to the Swiss team when I got to the Swiss team's like oh because they're pretty high standard they're like basically uh the players that are like former high performance players, right? They're just, but they threw a team in for fun. And um, they're saying, oh, yeah, we actually love playing this event, too. And we like playing teams like yours because it's like they're friendly. It's still, you know, people trying, but we have a lot of fun playing in this kind of event. So that was cool. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing's cool. I don't know. What else do you want to ask me about
1: it? Uh, the most interesting person that you met for the first time. Tell us about your new curling friends. Do you have any new curling friends? Uh,
0: I don't. Who did I make the. I actually. So. So our coach was Dave Ramsey. Who's like Rambo. This Scottish coach. <laughs> <laughs> he was like. You know a lot of people in this event. And then I was like. Yeah. I guess so. It's from the podcast. So. Yeah,
1: there were a lot of people that we interviewed. <laughs>
0: there that was, that was a were, lot of people we were interviewed. There. So. Uh, I think. I did a kid swap with Australia. So I hadn't. I hadn't. We played Australia, oh, cool. so I did a kit swap there. So, some- uh, so you
1: have you have a jersey with your least favorite animal on it now.
0: I do have a jersey with my least favorite animal,
1: um, which is the anywhere. kangaroo.
0: The kangaroo, yeah, yeah. So they they were fun. They were a fun team. Uh, I'm trying to think what other team. I think the Swiss team. They were cool. Um, I'm trying to think. We actually knew a fair number of teams in our group, and then we knew like a fair like we know the Irish team because we played against them. I I would say we probably knew. Maybe a quarter of the teams in the event, maybe a bit more. But I'm trying to think. Oh, Slovakia was cool. We played Slovakia and the skip. So we played Slovakia and we came off the ice. And that's exactly when Liz Truss resigned as prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out the Slovakian skips are actually a politician in Slovakia. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we talked really? A lot about... So then he found out I was a professor of politics. So we talked about politics after the game. So that was kind of a funny connection. Um, that's kind of cool. We'll
1: have to have him on.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to think of other ones. Um, I mean, teams we played or other teams there. Uh, anyone? I mean, like I I, I knew Raju from the podcast, but Vinay, who's the second, he and I chatted for a fair bit, and he was he was cool. And they actually gave me like we weren't in their group, but they actually gave me the the Indian Curling Federation pennant, which is nice. So. I kind of, I've kind of gotten into collecting pennants and I'm actually more into the non-traditional curling countries.
1: You know? Well, I mean, that's kind of our whole deal here is we collect non-traditional curling countries by featuring yeah. them on the show. That's exactly. Kind of, those are kind of our banners.
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of like... I, and that was the funny part was... Because um, at the end, so because your team plays like... you play, We played eight countries, so our team had to kind of split up the pennants at the end. And... uh uh, I was kind of like going for the random ones, I guess. Not the, you know. Anyway, it's pretty funny. Um, I'm trying to think, what? Else, what? I mean, what else do you want to know?
1: Um, what is something that people don't know about playing in a world mm. championship? That well, no, you kind of. This is your second one. This is your second mix. So, what was yeah. what was different about playing in the the second time around?
0: Um. They got rid of evening practice. That was mildly controversial. Uh, I mean, you mean the playing part of it? I guess to me it's pretty... Even if I've only played in two, I've also coached in a bunch of WCF junior Bs, mm-hmm. right? So to me it's kind of like you know the the drill. Or I know the drill now, so maybe a lot of it seems normal. But I, I think the biggest shock for someone who's like not played an event like that is how much of the day is eaten up even if you're just playing one game. Like a one-game day is going to eat four hours. And that's mm-hmm. like... Because you, you've got you got pregame practice that starts 30 minutes before the game start time. And you probably want to be at the rink a good 45 minutes before that to get changed and warmed up. There's a lot of rigmarole about lineups. Um, a lot of time spent on draw shot challenge on the, the pregame practice in the LSD. Um, I don't know. The rest of it's like pretty... I mean a lot of it just a lot of it just kind of fades on the background. Like like the first time you're there, maybe like the clocks, the umps, the all the rigmarole phases you a bit, but if you've played in it a bit, you just you just kind of get in the habit and then even though there's umps there, um yeah, you kind of drop the background. There there was one funny part where I was talking with Fiona and the game next to us was mic'd, and Fiona really didn't want to be miked <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I said, "Well, I hope they're not finding." because I drop a lot of f bombs. (laughs) (laughs) And the up was standing right behind us, and she just started cracking up. (laughs) And like, technically, foul language could be a foul; it could be a penalty. But I guess they didn't, you know, they weren't that bothered by it. I tend to do them under my breath, not you know, yelling and slamming. Um,
1: (laughs) I unfortunately did not watch any of the games. I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, worries, man.
1: Although it's kind of a. a I don't know. Do you want to talk about your least favorite thing, which is streaming? I know. I know how much. I mean, much you it's just your like, favorite
0: thing. I'm it's like
1: my favorite thing to talk about, and it's your least favorite thing to talk about.
0: I, I will say, okay, from last time to this time, and this is props to the WCF. The streaming quality was a lot improved because mm-hmm. last time it was a, it was a not very good quality static camera on one sheet.
1: I did hear that. I did hear that the, the quality was a lot better.
0: This time it was every sheet and anyone could go buy it. And so mm. my wife, you know, for her, she bought basically every game 50 cents or a buck or whatever it is and uh, was able to watch it. So that was good. Um, I think, so my mom wanted to watch it. She's
1: I 80. Know. Uh,
0: it's too much of a technical barrier for yep. someone in that age demographic, right? Yep. Like she just couldn't figure it out. And, um, I think so this is too-
1: our, we were talking about like barrier to entry. And I think that this is, that where recast it's downfall, I think is it is a barrier to entry for some people. Cause you couldn't just send a YouTube link to your mom to, yeah. to watch you play. She had to go to recast, sign up, figure out how to get enough credits to watch the game or pay for it. You know, that's, I think that's the drawback. I mean, my guess is they're making enough money off recast that they can reinvest into the broadcast. But uh, it does keep some people from watching and unfortunately, your mom was one of them
0: yeah I think that's a little bit of a barrier, but actually I think they've made i can't remember the it was in the thousands that, that wCF made last year apparently, and that was its first mm-hmm. year new app, wow. all that i i you know i've I've loaded up and I have an account now and I'll spend it for definitely for the euros but um and i think i what I like about it. Is that it's really democratic, right? Because it's not, it's not like like if you want to go watch the big name teams, you can. But for me, for the Euros, there's you know friends playing in the B pool, and mm-hmm. I actually for me it's like it means more to watch that, and I'm sure a lot of them want to watch. You know, a lot of them have f- friends and family that want to watch those games too. So I actually love the way it. Um, let those people watch it right cuz they it, did they
1: had it was was it every sheet at the yeah. mix there was it was a uh, they showed every game and then one game had mics was that the yeah. way it was done yeah
0: basically it was they showed every game one game had mics there was not commentators to my knowledge but yeah. i think you know that even when i was coaching the, the bees that would have been fantastic so i would be constantly mm-hmm. getting text messages people would want like play by plays and actually like I, I know it's well meaning, but actually the most annoying thing when you're curling or after a game is like people saying, "Oh, what happened here? What happened there?" Or they're just going off the scoreboard, and you're like so exhausted from the game, and you you probably do your debrief. and You don't want to talk about it, and yep. you know people may be meaning well, but actually you just want to move on to the next thing. Uh, so like having that, I think for for parents, for friends, for family to watch, and I think that's fine, right? Even if there's only ten people watching it. 10 box back to the WCF, right?
1: Yeah. I mean for if they can do something like that where every game is available, I think it's it's worth doing. So like the recast thing makes sense for like the mixed. I'm not sure it makes sense for the Euros and the Pancontinental.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't. I'll be curious. I mean, I, I think. Well, I don't know if they make. They probably make more money off that. And pay I'm, less sure do. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure they. Yeah, I'm
1: sure they do. But it's also like, at what point is it worth it to have that loss leader to where those the the games that lead to a world's are available more readily into a broader audience?
0: You mean like the championship games or?
1: Well, just the the Pan Continental and the Euros that lead to a world. Um... or the Worlds themselves, because like I didn't watch any of the Pan Continental because that was, recast was the only way we could watch it here in the states. Yeah, and I don't know between life and work being busy, I just it's so much it's so much easier to throw YouTube or any other. Streaming service that does offer an an app, a native app, either on my phone or on a smart TV. It's so much easier to throw that on there than to open up a browser, go to recast.app, log in, find the game, make sure I have enough credits, possibly have to buy credits in order to watch the game and then watch the game.
0: Yeah, I so to me you the you have to be a lot issues, more
1: intentional. It can't just be yeah. okay. I have I have an hour to watch the end of this game and then throw it on.
0: Yeah, so for me the big issue is it's not that it's that it doesn't have a a native app for like the oh, streaming yeah. devices like the Roku's or the Apple TVs, right? Big time. That's that's a big problem. I. I feel like the WCF could fix the other problem really easily, which is rather than per game to sell a twenty buck a year,
1: yeah,
0: twenty buck a year WCF pass unlimited viewing.
1: It's like, well, yeah, and I'll give you an example. So here in I am a big fan of rugby league, and the rugby league World Cup is going on right now. I know that every game is available on the BBC where you are, but in the US, it's part of this random. I mean, it's kind of like recast. It's this random one-off um, kind of up and just startup, um, startup company that's buying up properties like the Rugby League World Cup um, to make money off of. And so to watch the whole tournament, it was going to be $100 or it's $15 per game. Mm-hmm. That's a little much for curling. Um And like, maybe I would have thought about it if I was going to be at home for more of the games and it just didn't make sense because I've been on the road or been in in the office and not able to watch games. But I think that something like that, that has a native app, so it's easier to easier to get faster to get to on your phone or faster to get to on a smart TV that can offer, you know, a package where you're paying for the whole event. I think in or either paying for the whole event or per game, uh, I think makes more sense. the 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 fact that Recast right now is just a website, I think, is its primary downfall.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'd be curious how much WCF made off ads off YouTube before, right? I assume I expect to make more now, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So I don't. I mean. I guess. I guess my perspective is like so. So my perspective is like, it's like you. There's never been a time where you could watch more curling and actually yeah. more yeah. Good curling for free <laughs> than right now. Like um, yesterday, I was just like yeah. was Sunday evening. I was bored. All this and it was Cooey versus Marquine I guess last game of around round robin at the in something something. Oh yeah,
1: I actually today I watched my I watched my first curling game of the year today. I watched Schuster versus Goche in the semifinals of that of I think the the New yeah. Floors Classic. I think something. Yeah, hey, who won? Uh, Schuster did.
0: Oh, so he's in the final. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, it was a pretty yeah. good game. Lots of offense.
0: Yeah, and it's like to me, I'm like, okay, that's like. That's a, that's a huge improvement even over two years ago. Yep. Right. And there's a, there's like, there's recast, there's the curling stadium. Mm-hmm. What's the other thing called? Curling something. I don't know. There's this like a is, bunch cr- of this right
1: is curling.live that, or yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, I, live. Yeah, this is so. curling.live. They, all, and also they just signed a deal with Sportsnet to where apparently these games in Canada are available on sports, Sportsnet now, I think is their little, uh, streaming service
0: yeah so I mean that's that's cool and actually, you know that's actually cutting into a, like you know if it, I, I'm, I was amazed that every game was available at the at the world championship right that's yeah now
1: that's that part's cool. really cool
0: and actually I think I think the vision is that I mean I think for most clubs it's not that expensive to install these systems. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they make much revenue off it. The only one here that I know that's kind of gone for it all out is Dumfries Ice Bowl. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that's uh, installing systems like that uh, makes it, I don't know, it makes it cool.
1: Yep. I, and it's, I mean, it's easy, um, easy advertising when you're around town. Someone says, oh, I'm a member of the curling club. Yeah, if you want to watch Thursday nights, throw on our YouTube channel. You can watch games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we were, where are we playing? We were playing at Potomac. Right. And they had that system yep. set up and they were doing some streaming. That was, I mean, that's always fun. Right. Yep. It's kind of a cool, yeah, that was just like a, a drunk spiel basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and it's I'll, like, I'll
1: watch, I'll watch my friends playing down, um, when they go to bond spiels, like at triangle curling club in, in Durham, I'll watch their games on triangle curling clubs feed.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, so to me, I'm like all for it. I and you know, I think that's the, it's not just a streaming pro, streaming curling problem right now. It's just the moment we're at with like this fractured, you know, streaming's now taken over. Everything's streaming now, but it's, we're again in a fractured mediascape where you got to subscribe to 28 platforms if you want to watch what you
1: want to watch. Well, do we want to talk about other curling goings on? Sure.
0: <laughs> now that we spent 20 minutes on no, streaming,
1: no. that's all Ryan's fault, by the way. It's, that's always my fault. Um, <laughs> Do we want to go to USA Curling, or do we want to talk about something else first? Uh,
0: Let's just rip the Band-Aid off.
1: All right. (laughs) Since we last talked, um, USA Curling went through a gong show. Would you say that gong show would be the correct term for the members' assembly that that happened? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, I've sat through a lot of bad academic department meetings, and that thing took the cake. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> anyway.
1: It was rough. Um, yeah. I mean, how do we... What's a good... way? How, how do I sum this up without uh, pulling a Sean Graham and talking for 15 minutes to try to sum something up? Basically, there was a lot of... You know, sh- shout out to the members of the curling community who made sure that their voices that they attempted to make their voices heard on two contentious issues, one, the at the time, employment of Jeff plush as the CEO of USA curling, and then the removal, eventual removal of the GNCC, which is the um, regional association that represents the eastern seaboard in the United States, their removal from Uh, USA curling as a region, um, which I thought was kind of fait accompli and I'm pretty much right, but the optics of that member's assembly weren't great because it looked like anyone who was trying to make a point for the GNCC was shut down. And then that that discussion kind of abruptly ended and then the vote happened and it was clearly on the side of voting out the GNCC Mm. from USA curling. And then kind of the same thing when people were trying to discuss the Jeff plush situation kind of, again, it it was like they, they were trying to be heard and USA curling wasn't listening. And the thing that I said after that members assembly was if you watch just that members assembly and you watch the way things went down, Basically, the message from USA Curling was we want your money, but not your opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh <sighs> Yeah, what one of my favorite books is by an economist. It's called Exit Loyalty and Voice. And it's he's it's basically he's puzzling over what the people do when an organization they interact with does things they don't like. And basically he's like, You got three choices. You can try to raise a stink and get the people in power to change their mind. You can be loyal, which is basically shut up and suck up, or you can leave or be kicked out. Right. And, um, I I think USA curling just wanted loyalty from the members. And that's, that's actually not, that's actually in some sense, the worst outcome. Because when people are disagree, if you're in a position, and I get it too, because if you're in a position of power, I've, I've been on charge of curling clubs, I've you know sat on the board. If you're in a position of some kind of authority in the like volunteer authority, even you will get angry emails. <laughs> You'll get people complaining about stuff. That's like the price you pay for for being in that position. But if you don't sit down and listen to the complaints and try to figure a way forward, if you just kind of dig in your heels and say we're right, you're wrong, that actually is more damaging to the organization long term. And that regard, you know, like maybe under the technical reading of the bylaws, USA curling was 100% correct and GNCC was in the wrong. Maybe under the Robert rules of order that were being bandied about that meeting, (laughs) the speakers were wrong and the chair was correct. But you you can get everything procedurally correct and still get the messaging completely wrong. And I think that's what happened there.
1: I I think that has been USA curling's problem for a a while is messaging and just having someone in there who can read a room, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so since then, and and again, credit to the people who kept making their voice heard and kept pressing the issue. We, we, have since seen the resignation of USA curling CEO, Jeff plush. We have now seen the resignation of three members of USA curling's board of directors. So if you go back to the episode, we did our our last one where we talked about the situation with, with Jeff plush and after USA curling doubled down and chose to stay with him, I said, one of two things are, are true. Um, either Jeff plush lied to the board or USA curling needs a heart transplant. And I think USA curling is getting its heart transplant. The interim CEO is Dean Gimmel, who has been on this show before. Um, I have a lot of respect for Dean. And one of the things that I like about having Dean in that position is in a, you know, Dean has been involved in USA Curling for a while. He was for a long time an outspoken critic of USA Curling, and now he's the interim CEO. If, if you want been... can I just
0: interrupt there, if you want, I, maybe it's not on, I don't know, but Dean kind of lost all his podcast episodes, but he did an episode where he interviewed Derek Brown, when there's a lot of brushback to Derek Brown's running of the high performance program. And that Dean was not a friendly interview back then. So he's definitely not always been like yep. USA Curling, rah, rah, rah.
1: He has now been on the inside and he's been a part of USA curling for a while now, helping to make it putting, putting in the effort to try and move the DEI efforts forward for USA curling. And we can kind of see from Jeff Plush's history, why some of those things maybe got put on the back burner. Um, but I digress. Um, also Dean, Dean also, good high-end curler has been a has seen curling from the high performance aspect the other thing i like about dean he has gotten his hands dirty when it comes to the grassroots He's, he's he did that tour his brush like a badass tour where he took um his course that he created independently on the road and went to a lot of curling clubs now sure i'm sure it was a and uh, I'm if and if I'm wrong, Dean will definitely let us know. He was probably a, you know, definitely probably a money making effort for Dean, but went from club to club to try and improve the skill set for grassroots curlers.
0: I mean, I think I, I think it was, but I think having talked to Dean about other ventures he's done, it's probably not that big of a. Money. He doesn't make no, money. no. We're talking. <laughs> we're
1: probably talking beer money, not rent yeah. money.
0: Yeah, so it's not like yeah, you're not you're not. Driving away in a Lexus after your no,
1: career. yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anything at the grassroots level in curling is going to result in you buying a Lexus <laughs> off of unless it's uh one of those 164th scale Lexus uh yeah. <laughs> Lexus toy cars, yes. <laughs> but but yeah. I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad to have Dean on, even I, I think that he is a good bridge to finding the next CEO and who knows, maybe he's going to knock it out of the park and be, and get the interim tag removed. And I I wouldn't be surprised by either of those things. I also wouldn't be surprised by Dean saying, yeah, I don't want this job. (laughs) I'll be your interim and I'll get you, I'll get you through, through the woods, but I don't want this job.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I think, I think there's a lot of stuff. I guess there's been, I guess there's been, I, I guess there's been two rumors that, that kind of concern me. One concerns unaddressed abuse allegations. Yes. It's been kind of floating around on Twitter. I don't know anything about it. I've just kind of seen the Twitter chatter. But that that's, you know, I don't want to say where there's smoke. I saw it product, on Reddit. You Saw it on Reddit. So who knows, yeah. right? It's internet rumors, but that's slightly concerning. The other rumors that USA Curling's books aren't in the best of shape, which isn't uh, that surprising if we're coming no. out of a pandemic, right?
1: No. Yeah, I I've so, heard the same. Um
0: I you know, it
1: <sighs> I was saying, I, the other the other thing that I thought was really that was really interesting that I thought about was kind of so during the vote you know, basically you have one person voting on behalf of the entire athletes council and they get one third of the vote. And that kind of makes me think of unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. So coming off of a series of, I mean, horrific things that happened in sport, uh, an amendment was made um, to the Ted Stevens act. And part of that amendment was making sure that the athletes had a larger voice with each national governing body and that the athletes had at least a third of the vote. Yeah. And in the case of curling, that vote is kind of cast by one person for everyone. And that goes to unintended consequences. Like part of the good thing of that is you have, have it to where not every single high performance athlete needs to be aware of and know the nitty gritty of every single issue that comes before, that comes before a vote. And so you only have, you know, a select number of people that are among the board of the Athletes Council that really need to be in the know. The downside of that is the worst case scenario, and I'm not saying that this is the case in USA Curling, but I'm also not saying that it's not, is where the athletes council can be almost an extension of the board or the, ex- an extension of the people in power where they're wielding that one third vote to get, uh, to get what they want passed.
0: Yeah, I think it's complicated, right? Um, mm-hmm. I was, um, in, in, I was so I was on the board as they were going through the governance bylaws amendment process. And it was very contentious then. It got kind of voted down a couple of times before they finally got the bylaws and the board structure they were looking for. Uh, legally, under the Ted Stevens Act, a national governing body does have to have one third uh, of the votes controlled by the high performance athletes. And that and
1: that's relatively new. That came off the heels of the absolutely atrocious things that we saw with USA gymnastics. And that amendment was, I, I think it was from a, a, representative from Kansas that, um, introduced that.
0: But he, even before it was a quarter, yeah. That a quarter. So it's like, it's gone up further, but even back then it was a quarter. Um, the way they used to do it on the old board is they'd make sure a quarter of the slots were athletes. Um, but the old board was quite large and uncombersome. Un- um, I don't, you know, I, I think part of it's that USA Curling's structure, local structure comes as kind of, they've stumbled into it. And it's pr- probably if you were designing both an institution today to do what you wanted to do and a governance system, you'd come up with something very different. But the constituent elements were like these different state membership associations. And they, because they're legacy associations, they want a stake. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I don't, USA curling has kind of got odd problems. Like one is that maybe, you know, there's different problems here in the UK with British curling and Scottish curling. Like we could do <laughs> an episode or two on that. Uh, it's certainly not, you should. it's certainly not the most popular model. Uh, if you walk to your average curling rink in Scotland, but basically British curling's full job is to win medals for Britain and that's all they do. And that's all they focus on and all the money goes there. They get to do it how they want to do it. And you know, if the coaches do a bad job, they get fired. And if the organization does a bad job, it loses its funding, but that's, that's what they do. And then the other stuff is hived off for Scottish curling. And then the other, other countries are a bit more kind of volunteer run because they don't have the funding. Um, and maybe, maybe that's the model that USA Curling has to go to. Not, it wouldn't. I don't think it would, there, I don't, I'm not going to promise there's no problems there. But maybe just say, okay, high performance goes this way. You can run it how you want, and then the club curling stuff is run through a different organization. Uh, maybe that's one way to do it. I don't know. I don't know if USA Curling could take the hit in terms of losing the membership fees. And I don't know if a new organization could do everything members wanted only off the membership fees, but that might be one way to fix the problem.
1: Yeah, lots of questions going forward. Um, Shall we move over to some USA curling results?
0: Sure. What do you got? Live updates. Well,
1: I want to start with the most important championship On USA Curling's calendar, which is the Arena Championship, which was run for the first time since pre-COVID.
0: Yeah, so it's been a while. Three years. Yeah,
1: and show you how busy how busy I've been. Like my favorite episode that one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done was the like two-hour long preview that we did for the previous edition of the USA curling national championships since then I've had two kids. Um, and like I said earlier today was the first curling game I've watched this season. Uh, I have not been able to spend nearly enough time or energy, uh, to curling or even to this podcast as I would have liked. Um, hopefully that will change relatively soon now that I'm sleeping a little bit more. We'll see, but, um uh, USA Curling Arena Nationals was just held. The men's champion, our friends from Dallas Fort Worth, won again. This is is this their third or their fourth uh, championship? I don't remember. But so at least congratulations, three. Yeah. at least three. Congratulations to our friends from DFW. And the women's champions were also from Texas, uh, and that is the Curling Club of Houston. Uh, so another championship for houston i believe they won the previous version of this uh pre-pandemic but that feels like it was 12 years ago uh, so both champions from the state from the state of texas
0: yeah well done yep uh, another
1: championship for houston so they can add that uh, along with their uh, national championship from
0: 1991. yeah <laughs> are we gonna do an episode about this one too
1: uh i don't know if it's if it's as interesting as that one was, we will dedicate a full episode to it. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to reach out and see if anyone wants to come on. Yeah. I don't. We we've tried to get Nick on the show for a long time, but Nick is kind of a recluse, so uh, he will continue to be just be uh, just be our our friend, the cool the curling recluse, Nick Myers. But congratulations to Nick and his team. Yeah. Well done. At least I'm assuming Nick was there. Yeah, no, he was there. I was okay. spot, followed
0: him on Facebook, and he—if okay. uh, you're friends with Nick on Facebook—he puts his, I think he puts his iPhone or or some streaming yeah. device and streams basically every game he plays. So, uh, Nick Myers entering the streaming wars. Next episode, Ryan will give you a four-hour <laughs> breakdown of Nick Myers' streaming strategy.
1: Now, I would watch na- uh, Arena Nationals on Recast. That is something I would do. They they, then, they did
0: some streaming. I'm not sure what they did, but they they streamed the finals. Okay. Saw that on Yeah.
1: Uh, And then the pan the first ever pan continental curling championships recently concluded Uh, winning on the men's side was Canada skipped by Brad Gushu and winning on the women's side was Japan skipped by Fujisawa Satsuki. So, they are among the teams heading to Worlds. You had Silver won by both of the Korean teams. Um, both of those teams are, are are kind of interesting stories in how they got there. You had uh, teams made up of former teams whose skips left them. Uh, and in both cases, they wound up winning the Korean championships this past summer. So they represented Korea at... Uh, this year's Pan Continental Curling Championships. So, some names that probably aren't familiar to the curling community at large, but uh, people who have been a part of teams that might be uh, n- uh, names that are familiar with the curling community at large who wound up winning silver uh, for Korea um, on both sides. The USA Men won bronze. Uh, and the Canadian women, skipped by Carrie Anderson, also won bronze. I believe the U.S. women finished fourth. I think they lost to Anderson in the bronze medal game.
0: Yes, they did. That is correct.
1: I did not watch any of it. You? No, no I didn't. Uh, again, it was on recast and between life and work. Just I, You have to be very intentional in order to watch uh, those games that are on recast. And I just did not have the opportunity to do it. I know that there were most of teams, C- Team Canada's games were available on, on TSN. That is kind of the disappointing thing. Was that The thing that I looked forward to about this championship was it was an opportunity to get more curling on, I don't know, something on TV. Here in the US, whether, I mean, the, the most likely scenario would have been Peacock, which is the ser- streaming service for NBC Universal, who owns uh, the Olympic rights here in the States, but that did not happen, unfortunately. Um, so that was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how this event grows going forward. Uh, two kind of cool stories uh, from the B side you had uh, Guyana. Winning their way to the men's A pool next year with Ray Hussein skipping Guyana, so pretty cool that we'll get to see them in the A pool next year. You saw India in, you know, representing in their first, uh, their first championship. Uh, They actually made the playoffs on the men's side, and then Kenya uh, taking teams to both the Uh, men's and women's tournaments and participating in their first uh, their first men's and women's uh, tournaments as as members of the World Curling Federation so it was really cool to see
0: and Kenya women won bronze so yeah yeah so that's pretty good yeah I think I I think that I it that event will grow. That's my prediction. Like Both in terms of number of teams, but also in terms of significance. Um, uh, it may take a little while, but uh, it won't be a walk in the A-pool to a world's birth for too long. Let's put it that way.
1: Uh, no China at this event. I did see it was on the two girls in a game podcast where they interviewed jerry gertz and they asked him about it and what he's heard is those were covid issues that led to china pulling out of the pan-continental or really i guess they've pulled out of every curling championship yeah uh, for this season but that it's covid related china is apparently trying to reach covid zero so maybe next season i mean if you're gonna not participate this is the year to not do it there's no points toward the olympics up for grabs so I, no, we will not see. We will not see China on the world stage this year. We probably will next year, I assume, since they'll be fighting for uh, Olympic points. So that'll be interesting to see next time around.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I wonder. I again, I know nothing, um, but I wonder. I wonder with the Winter Olympics behind them, if China just kind of goes in a different direction and perhaps loses interest in curling.
1: Well, you'll probably see that similar to what happened with Korea is you will, you'll, I mean, you'll, because it won't be a Olympics on home soil, you'll see funding go way down. Um, So that'll be, you probably won't see as many Chinese teams on tour because you used to see a lot of Chinese teams in Canada playing on in touring events, not just the ones that uh, you, you expected to see on the world stage. Hmm. Uh, but in their place, New Zealand on both the men's and women's side heading to worlds.
0: Yeah, that's good
1: to see. That's pretty much all I had coming into today, Jonathan. I wanted to know about your experience at the mixed. I wanted to touch on things that were going on with USA curling. I wanted to mention our friends at, at arena nationals and, uh, wanted to go over, the pan continental championships. I guess the other bit of news is Nicholas Dean is going to be on the sideline for a bit after knee surgery. Uh, so get well soon. Nicholas Dean again, first year of the, of the Olympic quadrennial is good A time. If, if there is a good time to have knee surgery, I guess it's now.
0: Yeah. Hopefully it's not. I mean, he's had a fair number of surgeries mm-hmm. for his age and his
1: fitness level. That's, uh, you do wonder at so some point. He's had a lot of back issues.
0: He had back issues. Didn't he have like an elbow or something else at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and now the knee. Um, so hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, I guess they don't really need him because they keep winning without him. So Yeah. <laughs> right. You, it's uh, kind of like when Gushu was out for a while,
1: right? and uh, With a concussion. <laughs> and Mark did a pretty good job. Do you think that that uh, will affect... Their chances at euros at all, in terms of winning, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, really. I mean, so there's there's two little wrinkles. So in a WCF event, you have to at least start with four. You can't three man it. So they'll have to bring in. I'm not yeah, sure they'll bring in somebody. Is. Um, so th- that that might affect it a bit. I think it's obvious like Oscar Erickson's as good a thrower as there on the planet as there is on the planet. So I, I'm not that worried about that part of it, but you know, you saw, you actually saw it earlier in the season with now, with Bobby Lammy holding the broom because of his broken hand and their results weren't that good. I think you start mucking up the lineup a bit at the high end level that can, that can affect things. I don't know.
1: We're going to do, we're going to do our picks for the euros as part of our annual bad beer bet next week with the folks from the game of stones podcast. I think I'm still going to pick Sweden.
0: That's the, that's the problem. Every time I go against the Dean for some logical reason, he still wins. So even if he's not there, he wins, right? I think they're still, (laughs) I think they're
1: still going to win. I'm
0: going, I'm going to spend, I'm going to Prague and I'll think about it in Prague. I'll, uh, all right. <laughs> I'll spend a whole weekend pondering this question, Ryan. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the All biggest right.
0: issue in my life right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it might be it whether or not be. whether or not Sweden can can still win Euros and Worlds without Nicholas yeah, might So be. who else? Mallet. Mallet. Um. Schwaller. Yeah, the new Schwaller team with Benoit Schwartz throwing fourth. They look good. Um, Germany has been doing really well. Yeah. Uh, And then Joel Retornas. Retornas has had
0: a good season. Retornas has had a good season. Dropkin's had a good season.
1: Norway. Can't count out Norway.
0: Can't count out Norway. Spain's up in the B pool.
1: No, in the they're a a in the A pool. Yeah, they're
0: in the A pool because Russia. Yeah. Got they made there. it. Got, we're previewing the preview, <laughs> right? All
1: I right, man. I, think, I will be. I, think, I, I will, think will be thinking. Now is as good time as any. Now is a good as time as any to end this. <laughs> yeah. All right. I will also
0: be thinking very hard about the B pool, which is where we always beat.
1: Sean that is where we make our hay. Yeah. Although this year, unlike unlike previous years, where I would like do the research and figure out who the teams were before it showed up on Wikipedia, so that we would have in advantage. I clearly do not have time to do that. This I, think, year. I think we may. How many years in a row have we won? Two? Two. We've won three of four. Have you four of these? I think we've done four. Yeah. We've done four of them. We're going to mm-hmm. turn five years old in uh, March, man.
0: Jeez. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think we're going to lose this year. I feel yeah. like. I'm You're yeah. confident. I feel like it's, you know,
1: yeah. don't have the spreadsheets. I have a feel. I have a feeling that the picks are going to be. I have a feeling the picks will be nearly identical, and it's going exactly. right. to it's gonna come down to. B-pool. It's going to come down to B pool. It's going to come down to B
0: pool. All right. I'll, I I will I will figure out who our sleeper is in the B pool. All
1: right. Okay. Let me know. We'll both pick it. Double oh, those points. All right, out. but we'll keep it secret. Or until... we can hedge our. Or we can hedge our bets, and I'll pick someone else. No,
0: we you double down. You got to right. You got to go. You got to go hard or go home.
1: All right. Love it. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to Rocks Across the Pond, a curling podcast. If you enjoyed this show, we ask you to please leave a review or tell a friend about us. Your referrals to friends and family are the greatest compliment we can receive and is what allows our show to grow and share our love of this great game. You can find all of our past shows and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. If you have a question or comment, you can reach us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to us, and we will talk to you again real soon.